Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined alongside MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? What's going on, James? It's, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, man, I'm excited. We got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's cracking? I don't know. Feeling good today. Had a good night's sleep last night. Oh, yeah? You know, there's caught up on the news, started Master of None, watched Better Call Saul. It's just good. It's a wow. good week so far. Master good, of None, good. Better Call Saul. You got the good Netflix mi- fired up. Good middle of the week so far. I like it. And, of course, the fantasy maverick himself. What's going on? What is that? Uh, oh, you got a Lakers, Lakers hat Lakers hat, yeah. Oh, okay. I was wearing this lucky uh, Lakers hat. We knew that it was going to be rigged, so. I think I spelled out exactly what <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. About the lottery? <laughs> about the lottery. <laughs> and the fact that they have people in the room yeah. there, like, are they just sworn to secrecy? Like, Pretty much. You guys yeah. have to, like, Look. if you tell everybody what's happening. <laughs> right then you're never covering the league again. You'll right. never get credentials. That's exactly right. Somebody exactly will right. write a tell-all. They had I mean, a, as they, our NBA insider here, James Coe, can <laughs> tell us that. No, no. Uh, listen, they had a less than 50% chance of getting a top three pick. A less, oh, than, it was, it was, less than 50% chance. It's like a coin flip. And they got the number two pick. So it was like a coin flip, and it landed heads. To get a top two pick, I think they had like – it was like a – 35% chance of so getting a telling me there was a chance. Wait, what pick did they get? I didn't they pay attention. They got I, was, I was too busy tilting over the news uh, <laughs> to watch the draft lottery. There was a 100% chance that they were getting the number two pick. 100% chance. Ch- I agree uh, I'd with say that. about 98 because I, I thought, like, maybe they'll get number one. Right. There was that little 2%. So there you go. I will say my favorite part of it are all the Joel Embiid memes that have come <laughs> out of it with his facial expressions during the draft. He was They've having a good time. He was. They've been been great. Great. he was indeed. We've got a great show lined up in front of you today. We're going to start our divisional breakdowns moving forward. We're going to literally chop up every single team in the NFL, and we'll go by division. Today we talk about the division of the reigning Super Bowl champs. The Patriots will start in the AFC East. Ooh, whoops, I mean, sorry. <laughs> we'll close out your show with Daily Dad. Oh, we got a special guest today as well, the great Scott Fish from scottfishbowl.com. If you don't know about the great somebody. Scott Fish You're about bowl, to. You're about to find out. But we will start the show as we always do with your top headlines. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. It's a relatively slow part of the season, no? So we only got one headline We're for you. We're entering the slow part of the season. There you go. Philadelphia has signed LeGarrette Blunt. He joins a very crowded backfield mix of uh, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles. They drafted uh, the kid out of San Diego State, Donnell Pumphrey. Uh, they've got Wendell Smallwood there as well. I'm imagining uh, former Oregon Duck Byron Marshall is going to be gone. But, man, that's a crowded room, Adam Rink. It really is, but then you think about some of the names that you just read off, and you're okay. like, yeah, washed, washed. What, like, what is, <laughs> like, sorry about your luck, Wendell Smallwood. Like, okay. the only reason they bring in a player like this is because he's obviously not performing up to the expectations that they're holding for him. And I believe that the, the Eagles are under the assumption that they're pretty good and think that they can contend, and they really want to give some help to uh, Carson Wentz down there. Yeah. And I think this is a pretty good combination with him and Darren Sproles. Uh, Sproles going out and doing his thing and LeGarrette Blunt really being that hammer. And when I look at the way that offense is set up, and I know uh, our, our good friend Brad Evans was getting some heat on Twitter for this, but I, I don't see him quite getting the yardage he had last year, and he's obviously not going to get 18 touchdowns. But nine Regression, bro. No. But nine touchdowns seems like a legitimate – It seems like a legitimate estimation for him. All right. Uh, by the way, it's uh, reportedly a one-year deal worth up to $2.8 million. A very – I would say that's a team-friendly deal. Although, again, LeGarrette Blunt has been – you know, he had a great season last year, but he's been up and down. But he's really – one of the things that stands out about him is that he's really been a team guy. And he really – I mean, that's why he was so successful with the Patriots is that he really bought into just doing what was asked of him. And if you saw the celebration after the Super Bowl win, like Bill Belichick, there was a lot of fondness True. there, which it, it's a little scary, like how much that Bill Belichick loved him, but just like, yeah, we're getting 30 other guys to fill in for you. And I know <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit uh, sure. going I do, forward. But. I, I do think this backfield as crowded as it's going to be should have a relatively clear division of labor, though. Like, they need somebody to be a more primary early down guy, and that's what they brought LeGarrette Blunt in. They also, our friend uh, John Paulson from 4 for 4 had tweeted yeah. out this morning, they had the fifth most rushing attempts in the NFL inside the five-yard line last year. Hmm. The individual leader in that category was LeGarrette Blunt. So while he won't have the high volume of scoring opportunities that he had in the crazy good New England offense, should still have good options there. And then with Pumphrey, the reports that they're going to play him in the slot a bunch. That's interesting. They still got Sproles there, and with Matthews, let's not forget he's coming off a serious neck injury like this, and he's going to count like four million dollars against their cap this year. This signing could be the end of Ryan Matthews in Philadelphia. Wow, I fully expect that it is the yeah. end of Ryan yeah. Matthews in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I think he's gone. Um, I was, I think, one of the few Ryan Matthews defenders last year, mostly because I, I just had him kind of slotted as a, as a flex guy. Like I think people, I think people overvalued Ryan Matthews, and so then his production became disappointing. But I, I do see the Le, Le, Le Blunt stepping in, and it's not an identical role to what he had in New England, but I think it's going to be very similar in a lot of ways. And I, I think, you know, again, I'm, I'm with Rank, I'm with Brad Evans. I think nine touchdowns is very possible this year in this offense. Well, I mean, especially if Ryan Matthews is gone, but uh, but you're right. I, I mean, it's interesting, though. It, they they do have – I mean, you talk about Darren Sproles. He's getting up there in age. Ryan Matthews is – I mean, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. And then Wendell Smallwood is there as well. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see, again, if Ryan Matthews get, let, does get let go – 
then you're right, Alex. The the division of labor there uh, becomes much more clear, and I would imagine LeGarrette Blunt's value actually is pretty nice uh, going into next year. So they see him somewhere around RB twenty five. Yeah, I was gonna say he's in that RB low end RB two RB two RB RB three range right there. All right, so there you go. All right, let's break down the AFC East, and we'll start with your defending Super Bowl champions, the Patriots, who went fourteen and two last year. Tom Brady slated to play a full season, was one of the best per game quarterbacks last year. Marcus Grant, your thought on Tom Brady in twenty seventeen? I mean, he's He's still breathing, right? And he, he is indeed. And he's going to put on a uniform, right? Yes. Uh, you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to change. He's, QB2? He's still, I don't know about QB2, but he's a top five quarterback. You put above him. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, Marcus said I don't know about QB2. Oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers. So, so I go Rodgers. Uh, I could see Breeze being ahead of him. I could see Matt Ryan being ahead of him. Um, so that's three right there. Uh, all right, so four. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, he's pretty clear QB two to me. I just think, I mean, but I mean, but again, I, I feel like that's that's kind of a you know whatever. It's a quibble, you know. Like saying if if, if you're talking QB two versus QB four or five, I mean, yeah, you're, you're yeah, happy to have both saying. of them. I see what you're saying. All right, they also added 49 running backs in the offseason. That accurate? I think that's accurate. We got a fact check. I reported that. earlier. That's about 49, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, Adam, rank your take on the Patriots backfield. Yeah, it's a little disconcerting to look at all the names and just be thrown off by it because you see a bunch of, oh, who's going to do this, who's going to do that? But I think the one thing about Belichick, yeah. and this proved to be accurate last year, was if you take some time to study his opponent, and it's a dangerous thing to do, but to try to get into the game plan. Like, what are they going to try to do to this team? How are they going to try to attack it that you can reasonably – handicap the position and kind of figure out, like, is it worth it? This seems like a LeGarrette Blunt game. Well, I mean, if you're drafting running, like, we have Rex Burkhead in our League of Leagues. By the way, did we get two saves last night? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know we got one. Did that happen? Is that happening? Hey, I, so I know we got one. There's your weekly ahead. James right. Coe, Adam right. Rank, League ahead. of Leagues. Right. It's good. That thing. And if, if Bud bad. Norris didn't have a four-out save mm. on Tuesday, mm-hmm. on Monday, yeah. they would have brought him in on right. Tuesday. Yeah. But that, that notwithstanding, I think when you look at <laughs> you're going to end up probably, like I think a lot of people will end up with one of these running backs. You're probably not going to draft all of them, but you'll end up with Gillisley or Burkhead or somebody like that because we have Burkhead. Yeah. And it's really going to just take some time for us. I, well, we're in a 14-team league, and we might it might necessitate us to start Burkhead every week, but there will oh. be times where you can kind of look at the matchup and say, like, well, the, the Bills are, you know, 28th against the run and they're really bad here or there and I'm not, I'm sorry for throwing the bills into the bus without them you know getting a chance to defend themselves already but I think that you can really if you put in the work you can figure well let us put in the work sure like, we'll tell you every exactly week. that's true which you know I think that should be a little bit of a in addition to the danger zone or anything like that I go I'm going to actually just start a a segment, whether it's on my own YouTube page, it's or just Patriots. If I'm on a fantasy show. Just this Patriots. This is the fantasy running back of the week. The Patriots <laughs> fantasy running back of the week. I mean, we joked last year about <laughs> doing a segment for YouTube or for social where we put uh, the headshot of each of the different Patriots running backs on a die yeah. and just rolled it every week. And I like, like it. this week. You start James White, <laughs> and no analysis. And and, just, nope, that's just that. It. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. And or then we, we stack it up with how accurate the die is. I like it. I like that a lot. Uh, Alex, we'll stay with you. Brandon Cooks was added to the offense and already potent offense in the offseason. How do you see him playing into that uh, Patriots pass game? This is a really, I mean, I guess puzzling maybe is a little too aggressive, but you guys touched on this in your episode of the Fantasy Hipsters where 
his move over here is great for football, but it's not really an upgrade for fantasy football. Uh, when you're looking at it, he averaged about 123 targets per year the last two years in New Orleans, where he was a, a top 12 wide receiver each year. But now that he's in New England with all those running backs, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, and uh, Malcolm Mitchell, where are his targets going to come from and how is this going to shake out? This Patriots offense has, uh, you know, mutated itself, for lack True. of a better term, over the years. Uh, and targets have, have shifted throughout depending on, as Rank said, their matchups and their personnel. But uh, I, I think at, at best it's kind of a lateral move for Brandon Cooks. Um, but I think I, I honestly think he's going a little high for my liking in fantasy drafts right now. I think we should accept him coming down a little bit because of uh, the guys that, that I mentioned that are going to be there and eat up targets as well. I'm really uh, excited about him. I think last year Julian Edelman I had 158 targets, and I, I think that – They've, they're moving on from Edelman. They're, I agree. That's just the way that Bill Belichick operates. We talked about Legarrett Blunt. Like he loved Legarrett Blunt, like a, you know, like it was a member of his family. And then he was like, okay, now we're going. Uh, he did that to Wes Welker. There was even a, an NFL Films thing where Wes Welker was talking about, like, God, number eleven looks great out there. Yeah. Belichick just matter of factly told him, he's coming like, yeah, he's going to take your job. So that's what. It, <laughs> and I think that that's the way it's going to be with Brandon Cooks. Is that he's the guy that's going to end up getting. The 150 targets, and then you look at the way the targets were. You think Brandon dispersed. Cooks is going to get 150 targets in New England next year? But you look at the way the the targets were dispersed last year. You know, Martellus Bennett had 73; he's gone. Chris Hogan had 57. I think James White will probably be right around that 86 range again. Gronkowski is he going to play? You know, like last last year was was different though because Gronk was injured a lot. They didn't have Malcolm Mitchell to start the year because he had the elbow thing or whatever. Right. So that one, that had to be so highly. And Deion Lewis was out for most of the year. Oh, by the way, they didn't have Tom Brady. Oh, by the way, they didn't have Tom Brady. So the offense almost had to be so concentrated through Edelman. And while I don't disagree with you two that his time in New England is probably is entering the twilight, I think it's too aggressive to assume that they're just going to cast him aside. And just give him zero. And just give him zero targets. Yeah. Like, he's going to have a big role He'll in have a role. offense. Still. Well, I think, it's, I think it's, it's also that at the same time, it, it's a little – downplaying to say that like he's not going to come in and be the number one guy they brought they gave up a first round pick for him you don't do that for a guy who's going to come in and get 47 targets no no no. i'm just saying like i was looking at it back if you go back to 2014 gronk had 21.5 percent of the targets edelman had 22 percent brandon lafell had 19.5 and the running backs combined had 16.4 is there that's kind of more of the split i'd envision here but like you know, that's not something that I think I want to go throw a, a third-round pick at right now. So, legit, is there a non-Gronk Patriot you would select before, like, the seventh round? I mean, I'd take Cooks in round six or seven. Five. Round five? Yeah. You, you know, and I love upside, but that's too aggressive for me. Fifth round. Mostly because on a week-to-week basis, I don't I, – I still see him being the Brandon Cooks we've all come to know and love. He's going to be highly volatile every single week. There's going to be a three touchdown game in his future. I can just see it. Gotta ride that wave, baby. You know what I mean? But there's going to be there's going to be a lot of games where he's just going to be completely iced out of the offense. So I don't know, man. Touch everybody. He's I mean, currently you could, so. Oh, just but quick. in the fifth round, though, that's that's in, that's in, a lot of draft capital. In on my fantasy league since May first, yeah. so impact you know factoring in the draft and recently just in league since May first, he's Brandon Cooks is going twenty first overall on average. What? Yeah. Okay, that's too hard. Our average pick, excuse me, is 28th overall. That's too much. That's what I'm saying. Like, you wait till if you can find him in the fifth round. I mean, he's probably not going to be there. But yeah. if you're hoping to get him in the seventh or something, you're never going to see him. 
All right, Rob Gronkowski, speaking of targets, is coming off literally, not an exaggeration. I exaggerate a lot. This is not an exaggeration. His eighth surgical procedure of his career. He's had a back, an ankle, a forearm, a forearm, a forearm, a back, an ACL, and a back surgery. Eight surgical procedures. What do you do with Rob Gronkowski, Adam Rick? I'm not probably going to take him. I would, I, again, the first... The first Patriots player I would be taking is Brandon Cooks. And I love Gronkowski, and uh, we broed it up for the Madden cover release a year ago, which <laughs> it's popped up in my Facebook feed. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was fun. I remember when I was a part of that show. And so I look at it, and uh, I, I, I look at No, but I, I look at, again, how the Patriots are probably going to try to use them. I, I, I just think that Belichick's going to be, well, okay, look at it in the, in the way that they won a Super Bowl without him. So there's other guys who can clearly go out there and, and do the job. And that's yeah. not to say that they're going to ignore him, but he's not going to go out there and have the kind of dominant performances that led him to be a sometimes a first-round draft pick a couple of years ago. So he's going to be good, but I think he's going to be overvalued. I mean, if he starts slipping in drafts, which I think is completely feasible, mm-hmm. I would certainly jump in on him. I, I don't think he falls past round three, though. I mean, people I are. See I think he's gone to round two. I think I think people are going to say, "Look, last year this guy went in the first round. He's still Rob Gronkowski." That's true. And I don't see him falling past round three. There's nothing that you said that was inaccurate. But if he falls and there's a bunch of scaredy cats in the league and he gets in the third round, perhaps the fourth round. Third third round is, I think, his floor. I agree. That's where he went at the start of the third round in our recent mock draft. Makes sense. You guys can all read NFL.com slash fantasy. Boom. Oh, what? oh, by the way, speaking of mock drafts, they're live now. Uh, oh, hell yeah. NFL.com slash fantasy. Wait, is that on. right? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm going to try it. Uh, but Rank's having issues with the app, so forget that. I went into a mock draft this morning on the app. If you open up the app, the home Hell screen will have yeah. a thing. You can do it right there. Let's go. Get in there. Start practicing. Oh, here we go. Live Hell draft will be next month. Yeah, let's There's, do it. All right, we'll move on. Luck. There's a touchdown, Antonio Brown. I'm going to hit sign in. Oh, my gosh, it's working. Oh, wow. <laughs> Also, quick, real quickly, I misspoke. Yeah. I was looking at redraft leagues. The MFL 10s, which is a lot of sharps and real diehards. Mm. Cooks is going on average about pick 24-25. In- Ooh. That's too probably. That's that's man. That's Steep. 24-25. That's like uh yeah, right there at the end of the second round. So, yeah, it's yeah. All, you guys it's are negative. I love you guys. Negative. I really do. But negative, negative. Uh we go on Great to the Jets. <laughs> ghost, man. Five and eleven last year were the New York Jets. In the backfield, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell expected to split carries. Adam, rank your thoughts. I they're gonna split carries, and Bilal Powell was really an effective running back, you know, and and I think that and this is no knock on, on Matt Forte, but it, at this stage of his career, he would be better suited uh for coming in later downs, not being an every down running back, trying to just selfishly think of extending his career, not necessarily helping out my fantasy team, because he still is a great receiver out of the backfield. And if the Jets were really concerned about reigning, which I don't know that they are, but Bilal Powell should be their early down back, and and Forte should be more of a complimentary running back at this stage of his career. I, I honestly wish he was traded to a different team. I wish, yeah. You know, it's like, come on, Jets, you're not competing. You brought him in for one last run. And- right. Just uh, let him go somewhere and see if he can have some fun. And uh, but I would, I still think uh, I still think Bilal Powell can be effective fantasy running back. He's going to be somebody who's going to be 
uh, undervalued when you're going into your drafts? Because nobody's going to want to take him. No, he's going double-digit rounds. Yeah, and I think he's going to be a steal. And if you're somebody who likes to load up on receivers earlier in drafts, or even if – I don't care if you if you take running back in the first two rounds, Bilal Powell is somebody who should be on your roster. I like that. Brandon Marshall is gone from the passing game. Ryan Fitzpatrick is gone as well. 37-year-old Josh McCown is expected to start, maybe. The Jets have the worst quarterback situation in the league, in my opinion. Meanwhile, Eric Decker and Quincy Anunwa are their starting wideouts. Alex Gelhar, are you touching any fantasy asset in the passing game? Uh, yes, and here's why. Oh, yeah, here we go. Their value is incredibly depressed right now. Eric Decker is coming off a bunch of surgeries, might or might not be on the team. I feel like rumors have been swirling yeah. since like he got injured. Like, well, Jets are going to trade him or cut him or whatever. But right now, Eric Decker is going uh, on my my fantasy league. I was looking at this earlier, too. Uh, He's going in the the 80s on average, pick 81 overall. So early ninth. Early ninth for a guy that all he does is catch touchdowns. Not too shabby. Quincy Nunwa, on the other hand, is going with the 148th overall pick. That's, That's value. 15th round. That's good value. This is a guy that was uh, you know a fringe wide receiver, too, for quite a while last year. Big-bodied, reliable pass catcher, can get open downfield. I think uh, our boy Matt Franchise just wrote a, uh, a love letter to Quincy yeah, Nunwa <laughs> recently <laughs> trying to uh, get embrace Jets Twitter with open arms after uh, yeah. inciting their rage. How did, but, do, how did he do? Uh, I didn't I didn't read the piece yet. I haven't. I apologize to Franchise, but I know he was working on it. But anyways, I think the, both of these guys are in good situations because that, that pass-catching core is kind of a mess. Yeah. So especially if both of these two are there and starting – the Jets could be playing from behind a lot, negative game strips, pa- game scripts passing. We've seen this in the past with wide receivers on bad teams. It's a better bargain to it's a better bet to make than trying to get the running back on those things. It's a good point. If they're going to be down by a lot, they're going to be throwing the football. There's going to be volume. Volume, and volume, that's, volume. And that's what you need at the wide receiver position. So here's my I agree with all of that. Yeah. Here's my fear. Josh McCown's the quarterback. Not because Josh McCown himself is some sort of dumpster fire. Okay. But Josh McCown has a history of not playing 16 games, True. which then opens the door for Bryce Petty, or dare I say, the hack. The hack. No. Which really just throws everything into a tailspin if we see that. Now, <laughs> I think the hack is kind of a last. He, he's, he really is a last-ditch effort, and I know that if our, the friend, hack! if our friend and Rich Eisen show producer Chris Law hears this, I will probably end up on his mysterious list. But I'm yeah. just saying, if, if the hack has to get on the field, damn the torpedoes, it's all over. Go for balls for everywhere. Everybody <laughs> for everybody. I love it. The Dolphins at ten and six uh, last year. I, I'm curious to see what they do in 2017. Year two under Adam Gase. Jay Ajayi, certainly the breakout star at the running back position last year. Ran for 1272 on a 4.9 yards per carry average. Your RB 11 on the year. Boomer bust this year. Marcus Grant. Um, I will. I guess boom in the sense that I I think I expect some more consistency out of. Jay Ajayi this year. I mean, um, obviously he he finished well. He had good overall numbers, but I mean, let's be real. What a roller coaster ride for Jay Ajayi last year. Right. I mean, well, you start with him being left at home when the team went on the road for Week One. uh, Him playing behind Arian. I remember that he played behind Arian Foster for a couple of weeks, right? Before he he still he he stepped in. You know, Foster retires. Ajayi takes the starting job, and then he takes off. But even then, I mean, he had a few really huge games. I mean, he had those back-to-back 200-yard games in the middle of the season. Insane. Um, you know, he had a couple of games later in the year. 
But I think this year I expect to see more consistency out of him. We'll still get some of the big games, I believe, but he knows he's the guy. There's nobody behind him. There's nobody that's really going to challenge top him. Top 10 fantasy running back? I think he's a top 10 guy. And, and, but I think he's a top 10 guy that gives you more solid week-to-week uh, output. Ryan Tannehill was largely irrelevant in fantasy last year. But what does he do in year two, again, under Adam Gase, Adam Rank? I really don't have high expectations for him. And he plays a position where it's not like – you're scrambling to find talent because we, we noticed when we did our own mock draft that the amount of great quarterbacks who are just flat out not being drafted, <laughs> especially in 10-team leagues, like yeah. it's ridiculous. Like he's going to be waiver wire fodder for pretty much the whole year. And you really got to start getting down into 14-team leagues, two quarterback type things where if you're in a, if you're in a, a super flex as yep. well – then, of course, you would look at him because you look at the offensive coordinator or the offensive system and a guy who's worked well with quarterbacks in the past and think, yeah, okay, like this is somebody who's worth a shot. Like If I've really screwed myself and we're in a two-quarterback league and I've only drafted one, uh, it would kind of like being in the league of leagues and forgetting yeah. to get steals or your steals guy gets demoted to AAA, which is awful. Um, Raul Mondesi, come back to us. Please come back. <laughs> I need. We need the Royals to have their dumpster fire <laughs> sale and then bring them back up. How did we go down this road every time? Because it just <laughs> reminds me of it. But it's – you know, it's so weird. Like, obviously, Cutler is going to go to the booth and do whatever he's going to do, which right. I think is going to be great. Um, oh, he's not. He's going to be terrible. Stop it. He, ha- guy, he hates talking. Yeah, I know. He hates the media. That's the best. Back to the Dolphins. <laughs> this is a Dolphins-related thing is that I think so little of Ryan Tannehill that I thought that Cutler was going to end up being I see. the backup quarterback because it's, it's not inspiring. All right. We'll stay in this passing game. You know what, though? Uh, wait, what's funny about him, too, is uh, if, you, if you think about Tannehill, you're like, oh, like, very athletic, started at quarterback one year. What, what is it? Oh, it reminds me of Mitch Trubisky. Oh, that's right. Awesome. Good job, Bears. That'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) We'll stay in this passing game. Jarvis Landry, expectations there, Alex Gelhar. Uh, And I'll give you this addendum as well. Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Leontay Carew, any good sleepers in that mix? I mean, Landry at this point, we we know who he is. He's, I mean, Harmon made this comparison to me. He's like old man Larry Fitzgerald, but at age 24 because he runs so much out of the slot. They run the same kind of routes. You're probably going to get about 1,000 yards and five touchdowns out of Landry. I was just looking at his career. He's, I think he's only had two games in standard scoring. Non-PPR, PPR, he's he's excellent because he gets so many consistent targets. Yeah. But non-PPR, he's only ever – he's had two games in his entire career where he's had more than 20 fantasy points. So the ceiling is super, super low with uh, Jarvis Landry. That's not exciting. It's not exciting. He's going right now in uh, MFL 10s, which are PPR, on average about pick 33. I guess that makes more sense in PPR. But standard, he's a guy I'm probably going to pass on at his value. He was the wide receiver 16 – last year in standard, but I just don't get excited about starting Jarvis Landry. I think he's a very good player, but sometimes fantasy is about having fun. And as for these other guys, Parker's in an interesting situation because he's nearing the end of his rookie contract. He got called out by Adam Gase back in March about how he needs to be like a more of a professional and approach the game better. But then his uh, offensive coordinator in May was like, I think Devontae Parker's going to have a gigantic year. So this is going to be a lot of smoke and narratives we're going to have to watch. But so far to this point, he's been rather inconsistent. 
and uh, had a lot of injuries that have kept him off the field. Meanwhile, I saw smoke and narratives at the Roxy the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Super good. Meanwhile, Kenny Stills is a guy that I like this year. I think I took him in round 14 or 15 of our mock. Mm. Uh, he's a deep threat, but Adam Gase loves him. There's a, there's a whole pattern. I tweeted about this. If you just search me and Kenny Stills, you'll be able to find it. But Gase loved him from the minute he, saw, he joined the Dolphins, and they started using still, Stills more all across the formation, not just as a deep threat, running intermediate routes, working out of the slot. And if we're following the money, they just gave him a fat extension this offseason. Interesting. So he has a good role in this offense. Gase loves him. He's been there for a couple of years. He's a more consistent player than Parker. Sold. I'm sold. <laughs> and, like, especially if you're looking at best balls or, like, a high upside flex guy, like, that's, that's stills right there for you. Once you said upside and follow the money, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And James, he had a good 40 time, too. Oh, yeah. Obviously, he's a deep threat. Come on, <laughs> so let's go. I, I think both could w- merit late-round consideration, but yeah. Stills is the one I'd rather take. There's going to be somebody in that wide receiving core that breaks through and breaks out this year. I believe that much in Adam Gase. In year two of this offense, somebody's going to break through, and somebody's going to be a legit fantasy contributor there in South Beach. All right, we'll go to the Bills, 7-9 and nine last year. Rex Ryan and his horrible ground-and-pound attack is finally dead. An overall you know, horrible offense, but overall pretty good for fantasy purposes because you knew where the targets, you knew where the carries were going to go. Shady McCoy was your RB3 last year, trailing only David Johnson and Zeke Elliott. Hyper-efficient was Shady. 5.4 yards per carry, collected more than 1,600 total yards, 14 total touchdowns, the second most of his career. Adam Rank, expectations for Shady. Regression, brah. Brah? I don't even know what it means. Yeah. But just everybody throws <laughs> that out. I, I, shut up. I know what it means. Uh, everybody just likes to throw that out. It's interesting, though. Coming hey, Rank, into this let me help you. Wikipedia defines regression. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to attack it because Dennison, uh, Rick Dennison, coming over from the Denver Broncos, is in charge of the offense. And if you think of the last two years that he had in Denver, they were kind of straight dukes, like not <laughs> not good seasons, not great seasons for the running backs. But the one, it's tough because obviously being part of that Denver system, he's, he's a little bit of a, a West Coast disciple. Okay. So it looks like they will use Shady McCoy in a more – Wide open Fishing, attack. Well, you know, like uh, better suited for his skill set. Like right. they were, they were using him as a battering ram, which was going to end his career probably prematurely. But now there'll be a little bit of a, a change of pace to where like they'll get him the ball in space and out of the backfield. And when you look at that offense, you're like, yeah, there's not a lot of you touched on it. Like there's not a lot of dudes that you can count on on this thing. I don't. I certainly don't count on Sammy Watkins being healthy for an entire season. Nope. Um, Zay Jones, you know, you'd be counting on a rookie uh, to be their number one option if anything happens to, to Sammy. So I think there's a, a pretty good chance that Shady McCoy meets the expectations or meets the numbers that he did last year. 1,614, it, it, it's a lot. But when you're looking at this team and, and looking at what else are they going to be doing, yeah, I don't think that there's any other choice. And I think that McCoy, and for whatever reason, whenever you're doing mock drafts and things like that, he just doesn't – at least not to some of the ones that I've done. Like he doesn't, he doesn't go in a spot that I would expect him to go. Like I see him as still available. Are you seeing him falling? Yeah, for whatever reason. Like I I get it. Like were you so enamored with Rex Ryan and his offense that you're like, I can't, I can't trust what Dennison is going to (laughs) do. I mean, again, his last two years in Denver weren't great, but he's he's got a a big enough resume 
he's had enough success uh, uh, fantasy performers that right? you should give him the benefit of the doubt. And isn't, that, isn't that the crazy thing? He's yeah. been successful. And he's got a head coach that's not going to – who's a defensive guy who's not going to be over his shoulder being that's like, you got to do it this way. He's going to be able to do his own thing, and I think he's going to find ways. I mean, he's got to be excited to go out there because he's it's gonna be one of the top running backs in the game, and he's going to be creative in finding – opportunities to get him the football it's the easiest and laziest thing to say that he's not going to get to 1600 total yards and 14 total touchdowns but i promise you you will hear that oh but no that's the, but that's a joke like today regression i know like, so like, that's everybody's default it's so lame uh but by the way something to keep in mind uh he is playing for his third offensive coordinator in four years that is something to watch, certainly. Tyrod Taylor was your quarterback eight last year, threw for 3,000 yards, ran for nearly 600 yards, had 23 total touchdowns, despite having no receivers last year. Tyrod Taylor still had a quarterback rating pushing 90. Better than Phillip Rivers, better than Carson Palmer, better than Eli Manning, better than Jameis Winston and Joe Flacco. Alex Gelhar, what does he do, Tyrod Taylor, in 2017? First off, I, why does everybody keep hating on poor Tyrod? I don't get it. Every new organization is like, like they just said, we're going to have an open competition at quarterback with, with Nathan Peterman and Cardale Jones. Are you kidding me? Come on, bro. Are, are you kidding me? I don't get it. Are they kidding me, James? I really want to know. <laughs> uh, and also, like, fantasy. Like, I don't understand why Tyrod or what he has to do to get into the good graces of drafters this time of year. Perhaps it's because, like, it's never that – splashy or sexy his numbers, but he's been so quietly consistent over the last two years. If you combine all the fantasy scoring last year's for quarterback, he's the 12th highest scoring quarterback for 2015 and 2016 combined. That's pretty good. That's with him missing three total games as well. He was injured last year, and then let's not forget, he got benched for EJ Manuel in week 17 <laughs> last year. Got a tank. But the thing is, he's probably the the best and truest dual threat quarterback right now, the Konami code in fantasy in the NFL. He's the only quarterback with over 1,000 rushing yards in the last two years combined. Russell Wilson has seen his rushing attempts per game. I just saw this on Twitter from a friend, Graham Barfield, drop each of the last three years. Interesting. Cam is running a little less. They just went out and got a bunch of guys for him to be able to dump off shorter passes to. Tyrod's got wheels. He's got Sammy Watkins in a contract year. They're in a decent offense. They went and got Zay Jones. Like, I don't know what else we want. This guy right now is going after Andy Dalton and Eli Manning and right before Carson Wentz on my fantasy league right now. He scored 47 touchdowns and only committed 15 turnovers the last two years. Like, he's fantasy football gold. Why are you letting him fall that far down? Because it's hard to fall in love with a guy when his own team doesn't seem to love him. I don't, he's got he's got something to prove. That's Marcus. administration, though. That that to me is like when a, a network doesn't like a TV show, but then it still continues to do well. Like Fox didn't like Family Guy <laughs> and Arrested Development, but yet somehow they're amazing shows. And I, it's a good point. And Family just, Guy in the first season legit was bad. Well, once they started copying The Simpsons, like, <laughs> we found the formula. So we're saying Tyrod Taylor is the is the arrested development he's, of fantasy football. He's just copying Russell Wilson. Oh, no. um, but yeah, but it's like, but sometimes these guys are wrong and these administrations are wrong. Like how many times do you hear stories like, yeah, we didn't think much of this guy coming in because coaches get it into their head like I need this kind of player, I need that kind of player. And it's a cheap way of them safeguarding their own butts because they don't want to come in and be like, we're fully committed to Tyrod. And then if he does have a bad year, be like, whoops. But instead, if they come in and say, we're going to have an open competition, if he, if he succeeds, they're like, 
look at that. The competition bred that. If he fails, they're like, well, that's the best our competition had to offer. That's a pretty we'll, smart take. We'll get more people there. I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. Uh, what are you doing there with Sammy Watkins, though? He's going to be 24 years old, so he's young. He's only going into his fourth season. It feels like he's been in the league for about one quadrillion years, but an injury-plagued season cost him uh, eight games last year. He had 430 total yards, a disastrous season by any stretch of the imagination. Marcus, your thoughts on Sammy Watkins? Don't want any. Don't want. Do not want. I'm, I'm staying away and because I tend to be a skeptic about this. And so we've seen three years of Sammy Watkins struggling to stay on the field consistently. You know, he's good when he's there. It's just he always seems to be dealing with these nagging injuries and nagging injuries to his, you know, his feet and his lower legs, which is a bad sign. So I'm at the point where he very, you know, there are always these players that I look at and I'm like, this dude very well may blow up and have a huge year. But I'm just too worried, so I'm going to stay away from him. And Sammy Watkins makes that you. list for me this year where it's just like, look, everything could work out and be great. And you know what? I may just have to miss out on that because I just, I'm just i too concerned. All right, there's your look at the I'm, AFC East. I'm buying in on Watkins this year. You're all in? I like it. Not all in, but like at the right price, definitely. What's the right price? I think I got him in the third, fourth, fourth round. Fourth I round? I think I got him in the fourth or fifth round of our recent mock draft. Love that. I smell a Brandon Cooks versus Sammy Watkins. Oh, Major? here we go. Oh, I, I think I might take you up on that. Oh, let's man. let's let's wait a couple weeks, do some <laughs> research. Let's and, uh, do it now. <laughs> what let's do, do it. Want to have a, a beer bet? Oh, 100%. More All fantasy right. points? More fantasy points. Accounting yeah. for injury, though? No. Can't account for injury. That's the whole oh. point with Sammy Watkins. Really? Uh, okay, fine. You know what I mean? More fantasy points. Oh. Air, air, it's a beer. Air, sh- air shake through the glass right air now. Air shake. <laughs> All right. Great radio, everybody. Definitely just imagine. <laughs> I, will, I will bring I'll bring a nice beer from the Rip Brewing Company in Sunset Beach, California. Okay. Actually, I think it's Huntington Beach is a street address. All right. Well, there we go. That- All right. That was a look at your AFC East. We're going to be following up next week a, a look at your NFC uh, East, and we'll talk about the Cowboys, Giants, and all of those guys. Uh, they're in the NFC East. We'll try Ooh. to break. Oh wait, sorry, no, just we'll try to break down every single division between now and your respective draft days. All right, let's close out the show with the round of daily. Day. Wait, what wait a minute. It? We have an interview. We have a very special guest. Oh, guest calling in. Correct. I don't know where. Why don't you want him to be on this show? I do. Want James him. invites him on the show, and then is like, let's just blow past. <laughs> You're right. All right. Let's wow, go to so, it. That's so Hollywood of you. Oh, my You're like, God. hey, come on the show. Oh, sorry. We didn't have time. I'm the worst. <laughs> I am the worst. All right. Let's get to it. All right. Happy to be joined alongside by the great Scott Fish. If you don't know him, you should know him. Scott, welcome to the program, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. A little bit of protocol before I start. I listened to the show, and I'm curious, should I or should I not be wearing pants right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. The answer is you should not if you're working from home. I would say pants are optional. Wow. It's a, it is at your comfort and leisure. Man, okay, I'll was... take them right off if you need me to. I like listen, do what you got to do, but like who, who, like if unless you're going to work or a funeral or something, why would you bother to wear pants anyway? Work or funeral? That's it. I don't. Really Those know. are your options. <laughs> what else would you wear pants? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not talking to, like you're wearing shorts, okay, or like that. But pants. I mean, can, you can't wear pants at, at your house. No. Who no. Would, why would you do such a thing? 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I live in Minnesota. We need pants about 10 months out of the year. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I don't know how we went down this road. Well, why uh, would you even go outside then? if you? <laughs> <laughs> Scott Fish from yeah. scottfishbowl.com. Uh, listen, the reason we brought you on is because a lot of us play in this Scott Fish Bowl. This is going to be my first year doing it, but but tell the listeners, what is the Scott Fish Bowl? Sure. The, the Scott Fishbowl, uh, SFB, is, as I generally like to call it, because I just hate the name. But SFB is a 720-team pro-am with 480 analysts and 240 uh, fans of those analysts. It has analysts from basically any site you can think of in the fantasy football industry. And it's divided up into 60 divisions, 60 12-man leagues. We play for 12 weeks, and then everybody is thrown together in a uh, – three-week or four-week playoff to try to try to get one big winner. It's, it's, it's a big deal for bragging rights, I think. Oh, the, the bragging rights is the, the main reason why I think all these analysts play. No, I mean, seven, 720 entrants, my man. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, every year it gets bigger and bigger. It, it's grown by at least 120 teams every year, and I can't even keep up anymore with the, uh, the people that sign up. It's, it's unreal. You got to get yourself a team of interns, man, to like work through all the stuff. It's crazy. But I know it was fun last year for us. It was a lot of our first year. Marcus, uh, Franchise, and Harmon and I were all in it. I think Harmon had been in in the past, but the bragging rights were real there. Marcus and I were trying to remember. I think Franchise and I both made it to the postseason, and uh, Harmon and Marcus were left on the outside. So we're excited to dive into the rules for this year and uh, get ready to go again. I'll ask you about yeah. some of the, the rules there. Uh, one of the more interesting rules you have is the fact that you give points for, for first downs uh, gained. Why, why go down that road? You know, I, there, there's a, a little bit of a groundswell in the industry of people who don't think a three-yard catch should be 13 points and equal a 13-yard run. And I, I've honestly I've tried – points for first down in basketball leagues. I wanted to try it in a league where I actually have to set rosters, and I wanted to see how the the industry would react to it, because I think most of us are most of us can basically just set ourselves on auto-draft when it comes to a PPR league or a standard league. I like to make the people playing actually have to work and actually think about it and, and strategize a little bit. I like it. That's what I liked about last year with the, it was like partial points for carries, full point PPR for tight ends, partial PPR for other positions, added a lot of nuance to how you were going to build your roster, and there were a lot of different strategies out there. Yep. Last year was all about balancing balancing the positions against each other so that it created a ton of draft chaos. So you could pretty much up, apply any draft strategy you wanted and come out – Come up feeling good with yourself. That's that was a that was a that was a key of last year's draft. I want to know a little bit of the the history. I mean, how did this thing come about? You know, in 2010, I, I used to run a website, and we had a reader league, much like your listeners' leagues. And we went around and just started asking some analysts to play in it. And before we knew it, we had 96 teams with. You know, several analysts around the industry, uh, along with a bunch of our readers, and it just—I don't know—it just kind of just kind of kept going from there. I, it after about two years, it, it was kind of stalemated. But uh, I really went at it again in that third year, and since then, it has just taken off like a—I I don't know—like a cannon. Twitter has really helped it. <laughs> uh, I I want to know like the original impetus for it, though, right? Like. 
I mean, I, I know you were probably – I read a little bit about the history, and, and I know you didn't expect it to get this large. But once it start, started to get this big, why do you keep doing it? I mean, it's got to be such a bear for you. <laughs> I have a very easy answer for that. I, I really believe in pulling this community together and, and having us connect together because I feel we're much stronger as a community when we support each other. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's really what I'm going for here is to have the big guys and the little guys and the big sites and the little guys actually get to know each other, especially and, and with the fans. But there's a lot of times on Twitter, you, you don't know a lot of the people. And this, is, this gives you a chance to you know, talk about the same draft and, and you know, become more of a community. Uh, it's absolutely free to play. If somebody wanted to get involved, how do they go about doing it? Oh, that's easy. Scottfishbowl.com. There's a sign-up link on the top. We've had about 4,000 people sign up this year, which just blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Do people get turned away? Are you capping it? Uh, I'm not capping sign-ups, but, yeah, I mean, we're we're capping the teams at 720. So, yeah, I I guess over 3,000 people are going to miss out this year. That, That is true. That's oh, kind man. of uncool. It's like <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. I, no, I, know. I, I feel like Scott here is sort of the the Willy Wonka of fantasy football. You who know? gets like, the golden ticket? Right, who gets the golden ticket to get in? He's who like, I'm going to There are definitely golden ticket memes that happen on Twitter. That, that is true. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad. It's it's the worst email every year because I do email the people who don't get in and let them know that they're on a wait list or whatever. But I I feel terrible about that. I'm sure they take it well. So <laughs> not uh, too bad. Scott, I wanted to ask you too, though. You have another initiative. You do you do a lot for the fantasy community and the other community. Uh, you started FantasyCares.net, uh, a charity site that last year you said helped to get over six thousand dollars for Toys for Tots. I also see on the website for that prizes available include Scott Fishbowl number eight entries. Could you tell us a little more about Fantasy Cares and maybe what people could do for that or how to help get in Scott Fishbowl number eight? Yep. Basically, I I run these these best ball leagues. You just donate to the the GoFundMe for that uh, I raise money through to donate toys to Toys for Tots every December. And don't worry, I, I show pictures, I show receipts, I I <laughs> do everything so it's completely transparent. But I'm running a bunch of best ball leagues, and the winner of each best ball each one of these best ball leagues will get an SFB eight entry. And there there are going to be more prizes. There were more prizes last year. I have to I have to talk to a few more sponsors. But it's it's something I'm really passionate about. The the fantasy football industry doing something charitable. I, I always say if you're in a money league and uh just just take one of those donations or one of those entry fees and give it to any charity of your choice because if, if we all did that, the 10,000, 100,000 fantasy leagues that are out there all did that, we can make a really, really positive impact out there. I mean, 100,000 leagues, you're selling it a little bit short there. But if, if everybody puts <laughs> some in, yeah, you're right. It could make a huge impact. So cheers to you, man, for getting that started. Look at the ball of positivity that is Scott Fish. Find him at scottfishbowl.com if you want to get involved. By the way, look, I know that you do run run this site pretty much on your own, but is there a way people can help? I, I mean, I figure there's a this is a pretty good entryway into, you know, fantasy football. If somebody wanted to help you, how could they do that? Oh, man. I, I suppose they, could, they can shoot me an email. I don't – most of it I do by myself, 
but I, I suppose there are things I could probably try to figure out. If, if someone wanted to, I usually leave my email pretty out there on Twitter, so they yeah. could they could follow me on Twitter at Scottfish24 and talk to me about it. There's got to be a young fantasy aspiring, you know, somebody out there that wants to help this dude, and it's going to a good cause as well. As you could tell, Scott Fish, uh, just an absolute uh, ray of sunshine in, in a dark, cold fantasy universe. <laughs> wow, way to sell it, way to, way to disparage the rest of us. But he, hey, at, at Scott Fish twenty four on Twitter, find him there. Ask about the SFB. Talk about how you can help with fantasy cares. It's a great guy in the industry. Glad to have him as part of it. Uh, I just bring that up. I only bring that up because I think about the the nihilist Arby's that you guys have uh, pushed on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean that. I, that's just reality. That's, a, that's, not, that's not the fantasy community. The fantasy community of a ray of, as a ray of hope in the darkness of the. Beats. All right, there you go. All right, the great Scott Fish. Find him at scottfishbowl.com. Scott, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Scott. All right, now we will close now. out. Now. Go to Daily Daps. We will close out the show with Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps and All right, Daily Dap time. We go to Adam Rank. What you got? Mike Trout is the best GD player <laughs> okay. ever. Wow. It's wow. over. Okay. The discussion is now over. It's over? Congratulations oh. to everybody. You're witnessing the greatest baseball player who ever lived. All right. Great. The Titans offensive line. You're daily dapping them. them? I'm daily dapping the Tennessee Titans offensive line. Why? I know a lot of you don't watch hockey. Okay. But they were there game three of the Stanley Cup Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They are playing host to the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And uh, the <laughs> offensive line. Of the of the Titans, Titans and Marcus Mariota are there in jerseys, you know, with their names and numbers on it. And the offensive line, they all pound tall boys. Oh, wow. Right before the game's about to start, pound tall boys. Marcus Mariota's jumping up and down, imploring everybody in the crowd to join him, which, number one, shows me he's back, baby. He's healthy and ready to go. So uh, I like to see that spirit. Like I, okay. We should start doing that before podcasts. It would be great. You just pound a tall boy. But I, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that kind of thing because uh, when you have, I like when the sports teams support each other. I know, and Anna, like I'm not a Ducks fan because uh, I'm not a soccer mom. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Ducks fan. Shots fired. No, I'm just saying that's Whoa. that's their fan base. Like that's a fact. So uh, <laughs> and, Angel Angel Stadium and uh, the Pond of Anaheim are really like. Wow, across the freeway. You're still calling it the pond. Huh? You're not even, even going to call it the Honda, Honda Center whatever. by its proper name. So, so <laughs> stupid. Like 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> they're still the Ducks, so whatever. <laughs> I think I called them the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Which I is also they inaccurate. Dropped, I think right. they dropped the Mighty. <laughs> I think they're still Anaheim, whatever. Okay, okay. Uh, but they, they, you know, there's a lot of cross-promotion okay. when the, the Ducks were playing Edmonton. I know Mike Trout was in the crowd breaking my heart. Um, and the Ducks, the song they play when they score a goal is Pennywise, Bro Him. And now the Angels play it every time they hit a home run. And it's like, okay, I'll allow that. Okay. I, I, that's, that's a cool that's thing. All right. uh, I did want to give a, a dap to NXT Riverside. Uh, if you're burned out on professional wrestling, I suggest you give NXT a try because okay. it's tremendous. Downtown Riverside, pretty cool, too. Uh, the University of Tennessee Twitter, I want to give them daps because apparently they thought they were getting on my case. Because I made a Peyton Manning joke yeah. yesterday, and they're like, oh, UT Twitter, we're giving it to rank right now. And I'm like, if this is the kind of effort that you think is really giving it to somebody, uh-huh. it's no surprise that Peyton Manning only took you guys to the Citrus Bowl. Oh. 
And uh, wow, wow, wow! What happened after that? They're gone. They all just <laughs> they went away. They're I like, mean, uh, okay. They it, wilted. You can't spell nothing. citrus without UT. Yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> like you should have more regard for T. Boy, Martin, who actually gave you a national it's a, championship. It's a good thing Sean Sullivan left. Pat. Uh, I, told him, I told him. I told him. He knows. He knows. He that, was up here behind the glass working on some boards for Move oh, the Sticks. He knows that uh, UT Twitter is washed. So okay. that's okay. That's good. And then uh, the NBA draft lottery. One last little remark. <laughs> but I will say that you know what's funny is like I had to go because I usually go to uh, Tsunami Sushi. Okay. On Tuesday night, Taiwan Tuesday. Uh, I had to go find a, a TV that nobody was watching because all the TVs in the building, yeah, save one, okay, tuned into Ducks hockey. Good, which is kind of cool. Perfect. A lot of soccer moms in the building though. Just oh, thought geez. I'd point that out. All right, Marcus Grant, give me your daily daps. Uh, I guess I'm gonna kind of bring it down a little bit. I don't okay. know. Uh, I want, I just want a daily dap. Our uh, our friend and friend of the pod, Chris Wessling, who uh, in case any of you who listen to the ATN podcast know that he uh, announced. Uh, he's dealing with uh, he's dealing with esophageal cancer, so he's taking some time off. The prognosis does sound positive, so that is that's definitely a good thing. But I just want to send you know, for, obviously, if you listen to the, the ATN podcast, if you read his work, one of the most knowledgeable football guys certainly in the building here. But on top of that, just a really good dude, and yep. and you know, it's Great hard to meet, it's hard to meet Chris Wessling and not immediately just like Chris Wessling. So I just want to give him a dap and then send our our positive thoughts and uh, you know the best wishes and. Uh, you know, if anybody can beat this thing, it's Chris Wessling. So I just want to send out the. the Absolutely. Positive. I yeah. mean, they said on the recent episode that he went out the the night after he announced that and played in the softball game for the NFL team, the Shield, and hit for the cycle. So wow. Uh, yep. Not not keeping him down. Yeah. <laughs> Expect West to uh, to kick the crap out of this and, and come back better and stronger than ever. I like it. Alex Gilhar, what you got? Uh, I mentioned it off the top. I only watched one episode so far, but I'm excited. Master of None has come back on uh, Netflix. That's the Aziz Ansari show. Uh, really great. The dialogue is just sub- sub- phenomenal. Uh, the comedy's great. This first episode, uh, I'm going to spoil anything, but it's an homage to Italian cinema, which was pretty fun. Okay. Uh, it's great. So check it out if you haven't already. It's a really good show on there when it, we're entering the summer and not as much show is around. Uh, Want to give a daily dap to Michael Schmidt, the New York Times reporter. He uh, not the bro- Phillies third base. How's no. like the Phillies? Well, he not only so he broke the <laughs> the crazy story yesterday about uh, James Comey and his memos. Right. But this is also the guy that broke the Hillary emails story, and uh, another big one that's escaping me right now. But so he stepped into the FBI. This guy is uh, this guy's legit and he's great, and it's exactly what you kind of want out of a, a free press. So it's not fake news. There are incredibly intelligent and diligent, hardworking people like Michael Schmidt and other reporters all over the place. So support him, follow him, and and keep up with their news. But it, this guy's been grinding and breaking a lot of big stories. So opposite him. end of the spectrum for myself. Yes, from us. Well, wait, I got one more real quick. Oh, one. please, sorry. Another journalistic one. <clears throat> I haven't finished the entire story yet because it's long. But Marcus mentioned it to me, and I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter yesterday. But it's called "My Family Slave" by Alex Tizan. I think he's a he's a former Pulitzer Prize winning author and writer. Uh, passed away recently, but it's an article in the Atlantic about how his family, when they kind of immigrated here basically had a slave in America in like the 1950s and yep. 60s and 70s and it's uh it's an incredible piece of writing and it's really good I'm about halfway through it right now I would just encourage everybody to read it because I, I know the premise it. sounds a little out there but basically they they came to America um, and I'm just setting it up but they, they came to America they had their you know their house servant or, or whoever uh, she was she was basically you know a glorified nanny right but then they didn't pay her right they gave her a room and board that was her payment yes but 
she had to do everything for right. this. And, like, they didn't let her travel and exactly. stuff like that frequently. So, so. It's, it's it's a crazy story, and yep. it's, it's really well written, but I would encourage everybody to go read it. It's really, really good. And you're right. It is on the Atlantic. The Atlantic, yes. So go check it out. Um, I'm going to go totally opposite good. end of the Good. We probably needed that. <laughs> uh, I have been upset. I did not realize this, but a local radio station in town, Power 106, uh, they bring on hip-hop artists, and they make them rap Llama Llama Red Pajama. It is a children's book, <laughs> but they make them rap it to their own beats. That's right? amazing. It is. I am telling Are you. Are these on YouTube or something? Yes. Oh, my God. Llama Llama Red Pajama Freestyles. Who have they had do it? So they've had Ludacris. So they've had a, they've had a lot of people. But here here's the best ones. Migos. If you like, oh, by the way, no. if you love the Migos, you're going to love them even more after watching Llama Llama Red Pajama okay. Migos. Uh, they've had uh, Ludacris, who was phenomenal. But my personal favorite was Designer. Okay. He got into it. But please go check it out. I'm telling you, I burned maybe 30 minutes just watching these things. <laughs> they are amazing. Jeezy G- does one, but if you're a fan of Jeezy, don't watch it. Because <laughs> oh, oh, no. I'm a big fan of Jeezy, but it, it, didn't, it didn't go well. Not good, huh? It didn't, it didn't go well. Uh, designer, Migos, and, and Ludacris. Ludacris. I'm going to look those up later today because that sounds incredible. It is awesome. The second thing I will daily dap, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm burning at least an hour of your day today. You're always good for that, James. Llama Llama Red Pajama Freestyles. And Google this, Hot Wheels Stunt Race. And there's a lot of them out there, but if you Google Hot Wheels Stunt Race Slow-Mo, there is one that will pop up, and I'll, and I'll tweet it out as well. But basically, the photography on this thing is incredible. So what he does, he takes the, he's got Hot Wheels of the A-Team van, of the Scooby-Doo van, the Mystery van. He's got the Ghostbusters car. He's got the DeLorean from Back to the Future, and they're all in a race. And, and it's all produced, but I, I just, man, I, I'm not doing it justice. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Find this video. Oh, my God. It is the best six minutes you will have today. It is awesome. You got to stick with it, though. You got to stick with it. Got to stick with it, he said. Got to stick with it. Oh, man. All right, so there you go. That's your show. For MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, and the fantasy maverick himself, Adam Rank. I'm James Scott Coe. Scott Fish. Scott Fish. Do mock drafts. Hey, did we, did we hit 50 minutes? <laughs> we'll see you. All right. It's it's very intense, but it's a lot of fun. All right. Shall we get this show on the road? Let's do it. Yep. By the way, James, I I, uh, I have a hard time believing we're going to hit your 50 uh, minute Yeah, mark it's not going to happen. Simply because there's that gentleman sitting, <laughs> sitting to your <laughs> left. <laughs> I am uh, Marcus. I'm Marcus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big yep. chatterbox over I there. I love it. <laughs> All right. Like but hey, who, who are we if we don't have goals and exactly. aspirations? Exactly. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.